0: amen amen I'm just gonna begin a new series here I don't know how long we'll be in it uh, probably quite some time and I want to talk about storms and facing the storms of life and this is the first week in our series you know why did the storms come um, my text is going to be out of Matthew chapter 14 and we see that Jesus is in the midst of the storm and there's some things we want to and just just as an intro today Um how can we personally grow? How can we develop uh, ourselves through the storms that hit us? Now, without raising your hand, just how many have been through a storm in your life? <laughs> Some of you go, I've been an ongoing storm, Pastor. I haven't been out of it. And when does the storm end? And, you know, we can all relate to that. Why did this happen to me? And <clears throat> but I just want to encourage you, breakthrough is along the way. Breakthrough is coming. And, and we prayed, actually, on prayer, I'm getting off track here, here we go, but uh, on Saturday there's a scripture in Psalms, uh, uh, it, it, in Psalm 16, and it talks about how the Lord has laid out the lines, uh, lot lines of inheritance. And I thought about that, and I thought, you know, we received this land as a gift, and how many of you know it has survey points? Let me know if you own property. If you're going to purchase something, you don't buy property without actually finding out where the survey stakes are. Yeah, you know, it's it's over near that tree, right? You know, the moment you start to put in the shed, I thought it was on. So you look and you find out where that survey stake was in that point. Here's the thing. God has allotted to every single one of his children a line and inheritance, a lot, something that only you can receive. Thank you for that one that's good. Amen. <clears throat> that means it's yours. How was allotted to you is up to God. Okay, maybe you're not called to do what someone else is doing, but, but those lines. And so that means that there's a battle, there's a warfare for your life and your soul that you don't inherit <laughs> what has been given to you, what has been declared that you should have. That's where the enemy comes in and he fights us. <clears throat> but here's the thing. I said this in prayer. It's like if we don't quit, you know, we'll have a breakthrough. If, if we, you know, if we, if we don't give up, if we, we, you know, unrelenting, we will have the breakthrough. Can I just share just on a personal note here quickly something personally that's been going on in my life? Can I, can I just? Yeah. <clears throat> and you, usually when I share these things, they're quite humiliating. And it's good. It kind of helps you out. It makes you leave here feel good. You know, man, a he, pastor, he's a mess. So you can leave here and go, man, I feel so good. <clears throat> and, and I am at times. I really am. But, but, but I've been working on this car for my son, okay? And it, without getting into everything, I'm going to give you the short down version is this, that it had an oil leak that I was thrown off the loop initially, that I was, thought it was a crankshaft seal. And I have taken this thing apart a dozen times over the last close to 24 months. And I've been counseled with, with great enthusiasm be done with it. It's over. Quit. But put it up for sale. And I actually did. And I, I was talking to Joel, God bless him. He goes, put it in as mechanic special. And so I put it in as a mechanic special and I listed everything. And I thought, that was a great idea, Joel. And, and I listed it, and over a thousand people viewed it. And here's what they thought. And I enlisted everything I did. I said, if you can't figure it out, we're not going to figure it out. Nobody wanted it. And so I thought, I can't quit. And I, I think I, Here's why. At 90 years old, if I live that long, or say 80, and I walk up on a stage in our new building, and I'm going to go, I, I don't know why that thing leaked. It would bug me. Come on, is anyone out here that feels that way? That's just like, I've got to know. Not everyone feels that way. Get rid of it. I don't care. And so I, I brought it back on. And actually, Rhonda and I, we celebrated, celebrated 25 years of ministry this past Wednesday. 25 years of ministry. And thank you. And, you know, 25 is the number of blessing in open hand. And when you think about Abraham when he was given a promise it was 25 years later that he received, but when that time came, he received the promise. And so I thought about that. I was, okay, interesting. need 25 years, What does that mean? Two days after that, I fixed the oil leak on the car. I'm just It stopped and I keep going, I look under there. I go, "It's not leaking." And I go like this, I love you. <laughs> I'm so excited anyhow i gotta contain myself here and it was not what i thought it was and so but here's the thing we are destroyed for a lack of knowledge right but here's the thing i didn't quit it was two years of agonizing what is the matter with this thing and i just i didn't quit did i want to quit absolutely I agonized. I didn't have sleep. I'd be up sleepless nights trying to think of this stupid, why is this thing? But, and then I gave up at times. So this is, I'm done. And it still wouldn't go away. But you know what? After two years, I got the answer. What does that say in our life spiritually? That's like spiritual forces that fight us. And as times we just hang our hat and we go, just, I'm not going to give up this addiction. It's never going to happen. It's just, it's just who I am my dad was an alcoholic, my mother was an alcoholic, whatever. Just fill in the blanks. I'm just not going to get free from whatever. You know what? I want to encourage you, don't quit. Don't quit. Victory is there if you don't quit. God has allotted an inheritance for you and I if we don't quit. How am I with me? Say amen. That's something to rejoice in. So someone asked me, it was Holly. He said, have you had a breakthrough? I said, I had a breakthrough. Now, that speaks to me. I mean, to you, like, oh, okay, fixed the leak. You don't know the agony I've been through that, but that is a breakthrough for me two days after our 25th ministry. So I'm excited about what's going to happen in all of your lives, in the breakthroughs in your lives. You see, it's not just me. It's this church. It's what God's going to do through the church and those who have been faithful and plugged in. Breakthrough is on the way. Hallelujah. So I love this story. I've shared this story before because it just when we talk about facing these storms in our life and why do the storms come? I mean, we've all been there, and it's like we go through these things. It's titled "Enough is Enough." Let me just read it briefly here. It says, "We've all been there before." The central figure of the story is a person who accepts everything that happens as a manifestation of divine power. He said, "It is. It is not for me to question the workings of divine providence." All his life. Misfortune has been his, yet never once did he complain. He got married, and his wife ran away with a hired man. His daughter was deceived by a villain. His son was lynched. A fire burned down his barn. A cyclone blew away his home. A hailstorm destroyed his crops, and the banker foreclosed on his mortgage, taking his farm. Yet at each stroke of misfortune, he knelt and he gave thanks to God Almighty for his unchangeable mercy. After a time... Penniless, but still submissive to God, he landed in the county poorhouse. One day, the overseer sent him out to plow a potato field. A thunderstorm was passing over when, without warning, a bolt of lightning descended from the sky. It melted the plowshare, stripped most of his clothing from him, singed off his beard, and branded his naked back with the initials of a neighboring cattleman, and hurled him through a barbed wire fence." When he recovered consciousness, he got up slowly on his knees, clasped his hands, raised his eyes toward heaven, and then for the first time in his life, asserted himself and said, Lord, this is getting plum ridiculous. I thought you'd have more response from that. (laughs) Maybe I've shared that story too much. Have you been there, though? Some stuff just think, this is nuts. This is crazy. This doesn't make sense. I like the comic strip uh, uh, about uh, Linus, and he builds a beautiful sandcastle. He works on it for hours, and finally he stands back, and he looks at it, and it's wonderful. And as he is admiring it, a rainstorm comes, and, and, and it just begins to wash away everything. And then he says, this, there's a lesson to be learned here somewhere, but I don't know what it is. And then like the storms of life, what is going on here? This, I, I sense God wants me to learn something, but I don't know what it is. You know, we've all had our life, we've had our sandcastles blown away. Every once in a while we say, you know, why am I being hit by this storm, this storm that is in my life? And, and you know, here's the thing, and I'm just going to touch on these three points when we receive communion. Sometimes the storms are caused by the devil. But sometimes it's by other people. Sometimes it's by us. Sometimes they are allowed by the Lord. They come from different sources, but they do have a purpose in our life. When I think about the storms, the storm hit, there's some some reasons why. And they reveal some things uh, uh, things about us. The nature of my faith, the strength of my commitment. When a storm comes in your life, you just go, that's it, I've had it. This whole Jesus thing, this whole, it's not working out. Where is your commitment? How about your level of maturity? The healthiness of my attitude. And then I want you to focus on this, the measure of my teachability. How many have ever tried to help and counsel somebody through something, and they're going through a storm, and they don't see it because they're focused on one thing? That X did this to me, and that, and you want, it takes a while. It takes a while to penetrate that. Are we teachable in the midst of it? Teachable. What? Do I learn and receive from the storms of life? Okay, quickly, Matthew chapter 14 is the story of his disciples being out on the water, and Jesus is coming to them in the midst of the storm. Now, I want you to see a few things here. I'm just going to light on a few of these verses. Verse 22, it says, right away, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. One of my points I'm going to get to in a moment, talk about what that means. But I want you to notice that he made them get into the boat and start back across the lake. But he stayed until he had sent the crowds away. Then he went up on a mountain where he could be alone and pray. Later that evening, he was still there. By this time, the boat was a long way from the shore. It was going against the wind. and was being tossed around by the waves. A little while before the morning, Jesus came walking on the water, which is a miracle, towards the disciple. And when they saw him, they thought he was a ghost. And they were terrified, the scripture says, and screaming. So these are fishermen, and they start screaming. At once, Jesus said to them, don't worry. I am Jesus. Don't be afraid. I want you to notice something, too, that Peter says. Peter says, Peter, Lord, if it is really you, because I think it's a ghost, tell me to come to you on the water. I want you to notice that point. And Notice what Jesus said. He said, come on. Come on. See, when Jesus, te- you ask something to the Lord, and he tells you to do it, you can do it. I say you could do it, even though it seems impossible. Because what he was asking was from the laws of physics not possible. Isn't that right? We don't, I've heard one, one guy one time and he was just a young believer, and he went, Lord, I want to obey every one of your voice and I want to walk on water. So he went out to the parking lot when it was full, and then he tried to step and you know, he got soaked in his feet. I don't know of anyone walking on water, but 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 Jesus did it. He has authority over powers and rulers and and, and everything. So that's the God we serve. Can you say amen? So when Peter saw, now notice this. He said how strong the wind was. He was afraid and he started sinking. Fear causes us to sink. Fear causes us to lose our focus. And he said, Lord, save me, he shouted. And I love this. It didn't say that the Lord slowly reached down to him. It says right away. Somebody shout right away. He reached out his hand and helped Peter up. You need to know when you are cries in the midst of your storm, when you ask the Lord and you shout out, you feel, you know what? You're not helping me in this moment. He is helping you right away. If you could see in the realm of the spirit, he is there with you. He is there with you. You don't see it, but he's there with you. And he helped Peter up. He said, surely you don't have much faith. I don't understand that. That goes to one of those scriptures that I don't know about that. That's pretty deep. Why did you doubt? His doubt took his focus off the Lord. When Jesus and Peter got up into the boat, the wind died down. The men in the boat worshiped Jesus and said, you really are the son of God. Well, no kidding. You see someone that walk on the water. Let me just quickly, three things here. Why did the storms come? Why did the storms come? Here's the thing you need to know. Everybody has storms. Everyone has storms. You know, I grew up in the word of faith movement. I started watching Frederick Price, tremendous teacher. Got into Kenneth Hagan, Listened to Kenneth Copeland in the '80s and late '70s and '80s, and just fed on that. And, and there's, you know, there's a lot of truth, um, and, and and people have taken those teaching and there's crazy error and just some ridiculous things that they've just misconstrued of it. But um, you know, how many of you know you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater? You know what I mean? There, there's this the people take, they make, they make foolish. They conjure up foolish things that are not biblical, but but there's this sense of, and there was never this teaching on suffering in the Word of Faith. There is no theology for suffering. So, in other words, if you suffer, watch this now. You have to be out of God's will. How many of you have heard that before? Um, many strong believers in the New Testament suffered greatly, and some lost their lives. Just thought I'd throw that out there because of their faith. So something got lost there in in the teaching that, but, you know, not to condemn all that, but just to make an observation. Everyone has storms. So the first thing I'd like to share with you is that we all have storms. Uh, Many of this morning, maybe you you feel the clouds have gathered over your life. And maybe some of you, you feel I am in the worst storm of life. Or some of you remember and look back and go, oh, my God, I don't want to go back to that year, 2017 or 2007, it was horrible. It's a horrible time. And we, it was so impactful in our life. And our kids were reeling and, and, and business and marriage situations and divorce and pain and agony. And so you get that. And, <clears throat> but I want you to realize that, that everyone has storms. You say, well, that's a given, Pastor Mike. Jesus said in Matthew 5, he makes the sun rise on both the good and the bad people. You get that? They get, they get the blessing. The evil, the most wicked person still gets the blessing of getting a nice tan out in the sun when it's warm. <laughs> God says he does that. And he sends rain for the ones who do right and for the ones who do wrong. The ones that curse him. They don't believe in him. He still sends rain. Someone say he's a good God. Amen. So we can see storms, problems, difficulties, trials come to all of us. There's, there's no exclusion. Here's the thing. Just because you're a believer doesn't mean you're going to be excluded from the storms of life just because you're a believer. <clears throat> Why do storms come? Sometimes we're out of God's will. So what do you mean, pastor? We could be out of will, God's will. An example of this was how I remember the story of Jonah in the Old Testament. He deliberately disobeyed God's will in the Bible, and God sent a great Uh, wind when he was out on the boat and and then he was thrown over and we know the whole thing would be swallowed by a large fish and finally he kind of came to his senses after three days in the belly of that he said oh that's just ridiculous that's folklore you know they've actually pulled out a person uh, a couple of people uh, over the years that were swallowed by a large fish whale and they live they were in it for a day and a half alive so it has happened, okay, just <laughs> so you know. And <clears throat> so God was doing something even in the midst of that storm. So, But we could be out of his will. An example is 1 Corinthians 1130 where Paul was talking to the church about how they had, and we're going to receive communion here in a moment, unworthily come for communion the Lord's Supper. And he said, for this cause, watch this, many are weak and sick among you and many will sleep. What's that saying? It's not saying that, oh God, I have to take if I can take communion, I have to be perfect without sin. No, that's just saying, recognizing, Lord, I messed up in this area, I fell short in this area. God, wash me, cleanse me. How many of you know His mercies are new every morning? But you got to ask Him, <laughs> you got to receive that. You got to say, Lord, help me in this area, forgive me, forgive me for whatever it is. Are you still with me this morning? Amen. that's what that means. That's what the communion table is for. That we can come and we can, we can be purified and we can be washed corporately here under the corporate anointing as we get together. Another example is in Acts 5. We know the story pretty harsh about Ananias and Sapphire. It says they deliberately lied to God in the church concerning their giving. They said, yeah, we gave, we sold some land and, and yeah, we gave all of the amount. to." And no, you didn't. You kept back some. And then, you know. Peter goes on to say, He's like, You know what? You, 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 it was your money. You could have done whatever you wanted, it, but you lied. Some of you, say, man, that's pretty harsh. We lie all the time, you know? And, and but you say, well, you got to understand the presence and glory of God that was in the church was so pronounced. I mean, when you come into it, when they gathered, healings and miracles and things took place. Now, I'm not trying to say that these things happen every single day. I don't know. We read about stuff in the Bible, and we just think miracle after miracle, but it's through a span of time. It's the over decades okay but you need to know that God's presence and, and I think it's a lesson for us all it's a lesson for us all so they were deliberately uh, disobedient in, and they suffered consequences of that and the next is is if you're in God's will and that's the one I kind of end with this some storms come because you are in God's will and you need to hear that because the first thing when something bad happens we think oh God what have we done wrong now right just because you're encountering a storm in your life, it doesn't mean necessarily that you're out of the will of God or that you're willfully disobeying Him. Uh, there are examples that we're going to look at in, in a moment here. Maybe I get to that next week here about being in the storm. I won't get to that this week. But verse 22 says, right away, watch Jesus made His disciples get into a boat and start back across the lake. One translation, the NES translation, says this. He prevailed upon his disciples to get in the boat. How many of you know Jesus didn't say, hey, you know, you guys, you can, uh, if you like to just get in the boat, I'll just meet you across, you know, pass it information. He said, get in the boat and go across the lake. No, 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 don't go anywhere. I want you to get in the boat now. Go, get in it. He prevailed upon them. And what happens? They encounter a storm. Who made him go in the storm? Jesus, (laughs) he knew it was going to happen. He knew he would walk out. So, storms can happen in our life, but it doesn't mean that you're out of the will of God. Stand with me, if you would, please. These guys are out in the middle of the lake in the midst of a terrible storm. Here's the thing they're fishermen. And they've seen all kinds of storms. But it says they were terrified. They were afraid. Something demonic was behind that storm. I actually was there and spent a night on the Sea of Galilee in a hotel where the lake actually, or the sea, they call it. But water came right up, kind of like the stage. And it came up like to the bottom two steps. And it was was, was a nice hotel right there. Uh, This was in 1988 when I was in in Jerusalem, and and I was just kind of thinking, okay, this is the lake, and and, and Jesus was up a little bit more north. We were kind of on the area, beautiful area up there, a mountainous range, and and I just remember just how still it was. I'm like, wow, but there's huge mountains in in, in the background, and uh, the next morning when I go up, there's three-foot waves crashing against the the hotel. I'm like, what happened? It's like, well, the winds can come down at any given moment. And, and so these fishermen were used to that, but the Bible says they were horrified. They were afraid, and it was a bad storm. What does that mean? We can be in God's will and still have storms. Amen. Heavy head bowed, please, this morning. You heard this morning as a pastor, I'm in a storm in my life. Or I don't know what it's like, watch this, to be out of a storm. I don't even know what it's like to experience peace. I don't know. My whole life has been a storm. Maybe I can maybe remember a time it wasn't so bad, but my life's been a storm. And I feel the presence of God even now speaking to to many of you, saying you can take that step of faith, and this step of faith is going to bring you some victory, and you're going to get out of the storm. You say, Pastor, how? Some of you, need to, you need to get right with God. So how do I do that? You can pray a simple prayer and dedicate your life to him and invite him in, afresh and anew. Forget about the past. You say, well, I may have done that one time or I kind of said a prayer, I was at a camp. He heard that. He will honor that. Some of you have just fallen so short. He was like, I want to get back, God. I want to get back. That's you here this morning. Let's pray corporately that you get back in the will of God for your life. Say this to me: say, Jesus, forgive me. I'm a spiritual criminal. I've lied, disobeyed, cheated, stolen. Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sin. I give you my life, now take it. Jesus, come into my life and save me. Save me from me. Heal my heart, oh God. I receive all that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that and you meant that, God has met you at your point of need. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.